Let's bow. <clears throat> Surely their sincere hearts praise thy most holy name and look to thee from whence all blessings flow. They will, O Lord. And as we have gathered this afternoon hour about a holy work, we ask for those blessings that thou hast in store for us that we do need in order to keep faith and rejoice and even live the life abundant here below. We thank thee in Jesus' name. Amen. I would like to read and meditate with the Lord's help out of the Word of God as found in the first letter to Corinthians, chapter 10. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were for our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be idolaters, be idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day twenty and three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by, of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples. And they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Wherefore, dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men, judge ye what I say. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communing of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. Behold, Israel after the flesh are not they which eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? What say I then that the idol that is anything 
or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything. But I say the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but every man and others' wealth. Whatever is sold in the shambles, that eat, asking no questions for conscience' sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast, and ye be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you eat, asking no questions for conscience' sake. But if any man say unto you, This is offered in sacrifice unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed it, and for conscience' sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say, not thine own, but the other of the other. For why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? For if I by grace be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that which I give thanks? Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Give none offense neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. This letter to the Corinthians, a church that mainly had members from the Gentiles and that lived in a very perverted city. The Corinthians were known for their idolatry, for their perverted lifestyle. And here, God told the Apostle Paul when he was there, say, fear not, I have, I have many in this city. I have a great people here in this city that became followers of Christ. And it was necessary that there would be practical, specific instructions given to them to overcome some of the problems that manifested themselves in the church there and practical living in that city surrounded by so much idolatry and, and uh, lust, uh, seekers of pleasure. You know. Corinth was known for, for some of the, the brass artifacts that they, they produced there. You know. and, and temples where abominable things took place. If you read in history, you know, for money, things that were happening there. Corinth was known for that. Now, as time goes on, I think more and more our city also becomes like Corinth. 
Now, those that have been around here in this city for a few years, you know, some among us, they still remember the time when Toronto was called the Toronto the Good, when you could not go to the movies on Sundays, when there were many places of pleasure for money were not allowed open, where people used to go attend church, where you were able to leave your house unlocked and not having to worry that there would come those that break in and steal. Now, I don't remember that far back, but even the 40 or so years that I have been in Toronto, I have seen many changes myself. Many changes. Things were not like that before. And more so in the time and as the laws of of the country get changed and people move away from, from the precepts given in the law of God. They say, speaking about the law of Moses, many of the laws used to be based on the Bible, but those in power and those that elected them, they're moving away more and more from those things. And things that used to be abominable and not even... It was even a shame to speak of, as the Bible says, have become open, we are exposed to. We more and more need to avoid some of those places and gatherings because we know what goes on there. And our young people are exposed to these things. And not only is it that you can avoid it, but even now, some of the things, they try to promote them in school. This is the world that we live in. And we need the practical advice that's given us in the Bible. And we need God's grace above everything to be able to, to keep faith, to not despair, not to get discouraged, and to want to live the abundant life that Christ brought. Jesus Christ did not mince the word when he said, in the world you will have trouble. Like, don't be surprised. Apostle Paul also writes, says, don't be surprised if these things are happening. You shouldn't expect otherwise. But in me you have peace. In me you have peace. So it is possible, even in the time that we live, in the place that we live, the things that we're exposed to, to have the peace of Christ. It is possible. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And although it may not seem so, but we know and believe that God is ultimately in control. And, and the assurance given to us, uh, especially in, in this where, which is often an encouragement to those that are sorely tempted, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you are able to bear it. There is a way of, of, of escape. And if nothing else works, escape. Even Paul wrote to Timothy, who was a faithful follower, he said, flee youthful lusts. Some things have to be fled. You notice them, you know they're not right, you flee. 
one of them is youthful lusts. You have to flee. And settle it in your heart before whose you are. Don't wait till temptation comes and then try to decide what you should choose. It should be it should become second nature, so to speak, of you, the way you react to temptations. You should not accommodate it. Those that try to look at it closer and, and, and decide and philosophize end up in trouble. Now, as children, I remember my mother used to say, just don't go there. Don't go there where there is trouble. When children, <clears throat> as they are now, used to fight, don't go. Go away. Don't go away. Don't hang around and see who wins and, because you are going to be also drawn into it. And so it's also with, with some of the activities that this world has to offer, which at first appear not, not to be bad, but by mere association, you become part of it, and whatever is going to happen there, you're going to be part of it. This applies also to, as he says here, about things offered to idol, and I guess it was expounded before, too. When it comes to food, there's not really, no, except for blood, there's not really anything that is forbidden unto us. And that, goes, that law goes way back to, to, uh, to the time of, uh, of Noah. Now, before the flood, the Bible tells us all creatures, including man, ate herbs and nuts and fruits and so forth. And then God allowed it after the flood that thou the meat shall be also, shall be consumed. Now, but the blood, says, uh, because the life is in it, shall be poured out upon the ground, and you shall not eat it. It goes way back to Noah. So except for that, most of the things we can. We have the, the freedom, the liberty to it. But how we do it can be a problem. How we do it either by eating too much, which is wrong. Gluttony is condemned by the Bible. No, it's not right. And if what I do causes somebody to take offense at it, I should be careful. And this is the case here, says, in those times, <clears throat> sacrifices were done and the meat was sold in the shambles. What's sold? And says, whatsoever it's sold, eat, asking a conscience sake. And if somebody bids you, uh, you can go, you have that liberty, but be careful. If he says that this that I'm, you're eating now has been offered to an idol, then don't take it. Not because of your own conscience, but with the conscience of the other, because he's going to think that you are agreeing and supporting this idol worship. And that applies to other things too. When we are seen <clears throat> to go into a bar, Oh, we may have a legitimate reason to have to do some work perhaps there or, or buy something, but you are seen there and somebody sees you. Oh, he's a believer. He goes in there. I can do that too. Well, you may be strong and you may not look for trouble nor, 
may it not be a temptation to you, but he it may be. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, as the world standeth, I will not eat something that offends my brother. It applies also to other things. <clears throat> and, and the warnings, they are not empty. It says, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. In other scriptures, it says, examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Yeah. Because as long as we're here, we are going to be tempted. And it is, I believe, God's way to shape us, to shape us. Where there is no temptation, there is no need for faith, for exercising faith. Where there's no doubts possible, there is no need for faith. Where there are doubts, that's where the choice comes in. And that's the, 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 the choice of our will of saying, because of what the word of says, because God is faithful and I have experienced his faithfulness in the past, I choose this way. I don't go back to square one and say, now, give it a chance. You know, sometimes people say, you've got to have an open mind. Well, not an open mind, a ready mind. The Bereans, when Paul came to them, and they were Jews, like the others, like Philippi and in different places where they persecuted Paul. But it says the Bereans, they had a ready mind. They were ready to examine things, not just open to, oh, this is something new to examine things. And that's what we are told to do. Examine ourselves first of all, and then to be a help to others as well. Everybody shall bear his own burdens, but we also need to bear each other's burdens. Not that we carry the whole burden for them, but we help them the burden. And when we share to carry a burden, it's going to be much lighter. And that is done so well when we can come together and speak about our concerns, speak about our cares, share our concerns, share our struggles. And that's only possible if we do come together, if we do it frequently, if we meet, not just you know, when we sit and listen to the sermons, but I believe more of the fellowship and sharing is taking place during lunch hour here. We have the opportunity to have lunch here and, and that's where most of the sharing is done. That's where you get to know each other, not by sitting nicely in the benches. Somebody said, <clears throat> one hour of playing with somebody, you learn more about him than a lifetime of talk. Well, I would even apply that to working together. When you work together, be that work, be it here a project at church, you learn more about each other by the way we work, how cheerful we are. I'm thinking of a brother that's painting. And just by how he does it, people notice how cheerful he is, how gladly he does that work, how you know, they notice it. And they have reason to ask him, says, why, why? And when they tell you that, you know, oh, what an opportunity it is then to give an answer of the hope, then it's not a matter of arguing back and forth, which often is not profitable. But if somebody asks because he's interested, oh, what an opportunity that is. These are not empty warnings. It says <clears throat> that these happen to us as examples 
And we see how Israel, yeah, there were so many, I think the count was about 600,000 men that went out from, from, from Egypt. And they says, with many, God was not pleased. They were exposed to all these things. You know, they saw the miracles. They saw God's provision. They saw God's faithfulness. They were tried. And God came through every time and still. And then when they were about to enter in the promised land, it was like a slap into God's face when they said, let's return. Let's choose somebody now and return. What a shame would that have brought to God when the... <clears throat> when the heathens round about would have said, oh, he couldn't bring me in. See? And two of them went in. Two of them went in. Now, it says, these are examples to us. So now, it's not a matter of, of how many feel that way or how they feel it, but as Joshua said, as for me and my, my family, I will follow the Lord. And that should be our persuasion. It should not depend on how many others are. If we have the Lord as revealed in his word, and if we believe this is true and are convinced of it, then nothing else should persuade us otherwise. The things <clears throat> about salvation, they are simple and plain. To understand what, how, what that is may be difficult, but it's simple, the things that we need to do, that we need to obey. When Christ preached, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. When John the Baptist preached the same thing, believe the gospel, believe that there is forgiveness in Christ Jesus, believe that God is able to keep you. These are simple things that cannot be argued much with, no? And those are the necessary things to follow the simple call of God. When man tries to figure out things which are not quite plainly spelled out in the Bible, that's where the risk lies in going off track. And, and I like to observe that usually those confused ideas and, and deviations from the truth happen usually in those places where there are many learned people coming together and there's debate upon debate and inference and discussion and, and of course the human nature takes over. One wants to be wiser than the other. Then that's where things go wrong. But where the simple gospel goes forth, simple, honest, sincere people, they respond to it. That's what God wants. He doesn't ask us to figure out everything about him. But the things that are plainly told us, they're ours. We must obey. So don't be intimidated by the so-called educated theologians, philosophers, and so forth that write and, and are on the internet and so forth. No. Know, into, know whom you have believed and to whom you have committed all things. And that the simple fact that God gives grace to the humble should encourage you but he resists the proud. <clears throat> God is faithful. God is faithful. You know, and even if we are not faithful, yet in his mercy, he can bring us back. He can bring us back. 
but he is faithful and has shown himself to be faithful. And he warns us, you know, and, and that teaches separation from the world. You know? We cannot partake some of the things, especially if they are of a, of a, a religious nature, because we're going to be associated with those things. And you cannot keep accountability. You cannot have church discipline unless you know who are your brothers and sisters and profess the same thing and are also then willing to be subject to the same authority. The idea of that a Christian is saved and, and just left out there and, and floats around wherever it suits him, that's not biblical. We see that most of the epistles speak about the working of the church, working of the church, the body of Christ. It's the body of Christ. No, it's not a member floating here, there, but it's a body. And there are members which are members one of another. And they are to work, and God works through them. And even if we think we are going out and, and, and witnessing to people, to what do we bring them? Eventually, we have to bring them to the body of Christ in order to become part of it. So the church, although the importance is, seems to be diminishing in our time that we live, no, it is a basic teaching of the Bible, the body of Christ. You are my members, and God works through you. And God blesses you and provides to each one abundantly through the body. He gave gifts unto men. He says, and gave and gave to the edifying of the body of Christ and the work of the ministry, which doesn't just end up uh, by, by witnessing to somebody, but includes also bring them and teach them and teach them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you and accountability to one to another. May the Lord bless his word. To him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. We see many miracles in the Bible, and especially when the Israelites were about to leave Egypt and left Egypt. And we may wonder or think, you know, if I had been there, I surely would have believed and obeyed. Yeah. But so much is given to us so much insight in the world, what do we do with it? It still comes down to of wanting to choose the Lord. He has given enough evidence of himself so that somebody said it's a reasonable thing to believe in God, but we need a revelation, and that's his word. But he has also left out many things so that those that don't want to, they don't have to believe. God is not forcing anybody's faith. It comes down that he extends sufficient grace so we can choose if we want to choose. Let us choose. As Joseph said, I am a family. We'll follow the Lord. To him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. This concludes our service.